Hello and welcome to the official Xbox podcast. I'm your host, Tina Amini, and we have a very special episode today, as you can probably tell by the fact that I'm joined by Phil, Sarah, and Matt. Welcome. And we're going to talk about some updates at Xbox. We want to talk about game exclusivity. We want to talk about Activision Blizzard now that they're part of our portfolio, how that might be an impact on Game Pass. And we want to talk about hardware, too, and how all of this fits into the strategy at Xbox. So where should we start, Phil? Well... Hello there, and welcome to episode 85 of the Video Game Podcast, Between the Joysticks. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Matt Booty to my Phil Spencer, John. Booty, booty. <laughs> John, this is episode 85, take two, unfortunately. Yeah, we have some exp- we have some splaining to do, <laughs> I do think. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, due to scheduling, we had to record on Thursday evening, and then the podcast just messed up (laughs) took a proverbial shit yeah and you know normally whatever it is what it is but it did suck that it was on uh, you know an episode in which we are going to discuss you know the elden ring trailer uh the xbox business update you know some some very important things in the industry happened during that week and unfortunately your rant our our words they're gone well, I think if there's anything to be said about you and I as video game buddies, Nick, is that we can never plan on being around each other, talking to each other when like actually important, cool things happen, <laughs> right? Whether it's Wolverine release date, uh, Hades 2 announcement, uh, uh, this type of stuff. It just, you know, they're against us, but yeah. we will fight through. We will persevere. <laughs> we will figure it out. Yes. But uh, the cool thing about this episode is it's in video form. So if you go to youtube.com slash at between the joysticks, Ooh, uh, you can you see us. You caught yourself. You caught yourself. Yeah, you can see us. Like, I'm still adjusting to the new name. So, yeah. uh, and you know, and, and we can do stuff, you know, like this. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're sorry, but uh, we're going to talk about all those things this week. So, yep. you know. Rest assured. Yeah. Well, you're going to get our thoughts. You're going to get our expert or worst opinions, whatever you think, you know, because uh, we did have some predictions that aren't so correct in regarding. Yeah, that'll that'll happen. <laughs> um, Nobody bats a thousand. No. <laughs> Uh, and I'm I'm just going to throw it out there, too. You know, uh, as uh, listeners of the show know, we are, a, you know, kind of a. A grassroots effort here. So, being that we're doing video game or video podcast for the first time, if you have any, um, you know, thoughts, opinions, what looks good, what doesn't work, like you know, Nick and I are kind of feeling this out ourselves, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you guys have any uh, insight, opinions, or ways so that we can improve this this fucking ragtag duo, uh, let us know because we would appreciate it. Fair. So, all right. So uh, let's uh, let's just move into the, some light things before we get into the meat of the show. Uh, John, you have you have some news that you announced on our episode that we lost, but you can announce it on this very episode. Oh, I'm my my new child. Yeah, you have yeah. a child. I have a new. I'm the proud new father of a PlayStation Portal. Yes, <laughs> it has happened. Uh, they couldn't keep it out of my hands for too long, but uh, I came into work. I don't know what day that was. It was like Tuesday or something. Yeah. And uh, before I could even put my bag down or sit down, Nick said, "Hey, it's in the cart. You're buying the Portal." And so I didn't have an option. Uh, my wife was mad at me. So you have some, you got to apologize to her, but 
it's okay because the thing is dope. Well, shout out to nemesis of the show, Jake, who let us yeah. know that it was available in the PlayStation Direct uh, store. I try and not so, to give him too much credit. <laughs> sure. And so we... He you knows know, why. You know, we we pressure John. You know, John has to do things for himself. He's always complaining that his TV is taken up by his family. So that's why he's playing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom. Well, now, now the PlayStation is, is an option now. Yep, yep. No, I, I've already started to kind of look through my backlog, try and find some games that might make sense for a portal experience because uh, it's not great for everything. You know, we had a little bit of Helldivers too, which we'll talk about later in the show. Uh, Played it on the portal because uh, my wife Uno reversed me and was like, (laughs) hey, well, you have the portal. I'm going to watch the TV. And that was kind of annoying. But um, yeah, real, real big strain on the eyes. But the device is working great. I got the my PlayStation finally hardwired. It only Mm -hmm. took four years to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the things the things running great so far. So um, one more piece of Sony hardware that I am now the proud owner of. I think the only sure. thing I'm missing, like ever, is the PSVR two. Mm-hmm. So, and which and the other the headsets and the lead controller. Sure, hard. I mean, I guess that is technically hardware, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm talking about things I can play a game on. Yeah. Um, but in, in terms of PSVR two, it's not written in the show, but just uh, got a shout out that Sony looks to be putting that thing on PSV- PC. This year, mm-hmm. which will be a huge, huge boon for it. So maybe I'll have one of those soon, too. I don't know. If they figure out a way to make let me play Half-Life Alex, I'm playing it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, that'll be very interesting if it works with you know other non-native PlayStation games. Yeah, and I don't know how the specifics of the PC ecosystem work with that. Because I know it was exclusive to the uh, Index, right? The Valve Index specifically. Yeah. But I think there was a way you could get around that with an Oculus. I don't know. This isn't, you know, we, we play games, not so much PC. <laughs> right. And then the other thing I wanted to touch on is uh, we're just a couple days away from one of the most anticipated games, at least my most anticipated game. It was in my uh, top three, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And not a shocker, uh, it's reviewing very well. Reviews are out. It is sitting at a 93 on Open Critic. Uh, one of the best reviewed games of the year, definitely the the best AAA reviewed game of the year. It's early, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but you know, congratulations, you know, to Square Enix, and mm-hmm. again, they we just had Final Fantasy sixteen, you know, seven eight months ago, and here we are again. They're just another banger RPG. That is something that I I really haven't heard anybody talk about that. And granted, there are different teams working on mm-hmm. the properties, but yeah, the fact that. Square Enix was able to release the next mainline Final Fantasy as well as the highly regarded sequel to 7 Remake within a calendar year is uh, very impressive and something you don't see a lot in the industry nowadays. So um, to have it release, have it be in good shape, have it be, you know, uh, everything fans wanted it to be. um, I think they've already, you know, they've bypassed the the fear from fans of like, are they going to do the story justice with the remake? You know, they assuaged any fears when that came out. But still, just to see them continue it, uh, at the high level that they are is very encouraging. And, um, you know, while I don't have a connection to those characters as much as a lot of people do, being that I didn't play it originally, it's still just from a gameplay and, and uh, the way it looks standpoint. Yeah, that game's that game looks to be incredible. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It, I you know, we'll cannot get some impressions wait. From, we'll get some impressions from you at least next week. I know. <laughs> yep, for sure. I, 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 already, pre-ordered, I already pre-ordered it. Uh, I went to a GameStop just, just to do that. And I don't know why I took offense to this. There were like like three teenagers like working there. I was like a Saturday afternoon, and I would just walked in, and they're like, "Do you have any questions?" And I'm like, "Do you know who you're talking to?" 
<laughs> I have a video game podcast. Do you even know what a PlayStation One is? <laughs> I don't. It, it is like the most innocent question, right? Like, yeah, no, what, what else are they supposed to ask? They're literally me? just doing job one hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about you, but when I go into stores, not just shopping for games, it's like I'm there for a thing. Like yeah. I'm beelining it to the thing I want. So you know, I was like. Uh, no, I just want to pre-order a video game. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then they got that process rolling. Well, speaking of GameStop stories, I actually didn't tell you this one, Nick. I, I, oh. I too, went into a GameStop this weekend. Okay. Uh, I did not accomplish what I was hoping to accomplish, though. Oh, what were you trying to do? Well, I so you know, I got my son an OLED Switch for Christmas two years ago. And so mine has been just sitting around collecting dust. I know that they're going to have the two coming out next year, hopefully. And so I thought, now's the time. Let me just get rid of this thing. I saw okay. GameStop was having 115 bucks for one. Pretty good, right? Yeah. I can trade it in, get Final Fantasy VII, maybe even pick up Super Mario Wonder. Um, but Uh-oh. come to find out that GameStop will only accept your switches. There's a there's a barcode on the bottom of it that, as you insert it into a dock over six years, might rub off, right? You're which get which out happens. Of here. And so he's like, I can't scan it, and I go. Cool. Go into system settings. There's the serial number. You can find out what it is. No, no, no. GameStop doesn't like that. They won't take it. Sorry, I can't accept this. It's like, are you hmm. kidding me? It's like a perfectly fu- like. And I, and I went home because I was like, that can't be true. You have to be able to find the serial number because he was straight up saying you can't do it. So like, no, you can't go in and find the serial number that way. I'm like, okay. And I'm a I'm a pushover. I'm not gonna like. He's he's right. a, you know. It's like okay, buddy. And uh, yeah, go home. There's a the serial number. Find out all the information you need. So. Oh. I'll, I'll be taking it somewhere I, I, That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. like You probably just got the one try-hard GameStop employee. Yeah, I think so. Go to, go to um, another one. They're just like, whatever. Yeah, it was just annoying, though, because I was like, I don't know. I think anytime we, we as gamers go to a store for a gaming thing, you're kind of just, <laughs> you know, you're ready to go. You're, you're excited even if it is just pre-ordering something and just having to walk out with the bag again yeah. that I walked in with. And you're always going in that you're among your people, right? Exactly, you're, you're yeah. Other people, enthusiasts. Enthusiasts about video games, so you you think you're always going to go in there and have a you wouldn't take time, it, but you wouldn't take it. But uh, yeah, even in my GameStop story, the guy asked me what platform I wanted Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on, and I wanted to be like, "What? There's only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not on any other platform." Must I train you? <laughs> yeah, there were three of them in there. I'm like, which ones? Which ones is running this show? This guy's this what, guy's messing up. What percentage? And it's got to be really low, but it has to exist. Of GameStop employees don't give a fuck about video games. Like, it, it, it trust me, I, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's like one or two percent, <laughs> but like, it's got to be always funny for, uh, I would imagine, an employee like that be like, mm, I'm just here to get a paycheck. I don't care right. about games. Yeah. I mean, if I was like a retired man and I was just like, I just want to work for fun to get out, like, GameStop would be up there. Granted, it won't exist by the time I retire, no. but. Uh, no. <laughs> no, nobody's owning video games in that far, in that future. <laughs> but uh, that would be kind of a cool job to it just be like, oh, people come in and I just talk video games all day. Yep. Because. That's what I'm doing all day when I'm retired. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's a retirement job one on one. You get the you get the the handyman dudes who just want to work at Home Depot. You get the you know <laughs> naturey people that want to go volunteer at a nature center. Yeah, and then the you zoo. Get, and then you get yeah. video game people that just want to be around nerdy 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 boys. Exactly. So, so. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. If you got uh, nothing else, we can move on to the show. No, Nick. All right, let's go. Get so this is ready. how this is how the show works. John and I both bring up the three things to talk about. It begin. It can be a game we're playing right now. It's going to be Unicorn Overlord demo mm. and Hell Divers Two. Yeah, we did it. John and I are spreading democracy, so we're going to talk about that a little later. It can be a topic. Uh, we're going to talk about live service games today. It can be a news item. We got an Elden Ring trailer last week. We got that Xbox business update. We got to talk about that stuff. 
Uh, it can be an email from you at between the joysticks at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at between the joys at joysticks pod or a comment on our YouTube page at between the joysticks. Any of those things we can bring it and we can talk about it. So All let's, right. so let's go. We'll get ready to die and die again because <laughs> from software just finally unveiled the, uh, launch date trailer for Elden Ring Shadow of the Earth Tree, the much-anticipated DLC from uh, Elden Ring Game of the Year 2022, my personal Game of the Year last year as well. It's not Elden Ring 2. It is not Elden Ring 2. <laughs> I mean, that is something we talked about on the podcast, thinking, you know, it's been over two years now. Is this just going to do what they did with Tears of the Kingdom and make it a full-blown sequel? But uh, that doesn't mean, although it's not, doesn't mean that this thing isn't going to be beefy, isn't going to be awesome. So uh, expensive. Inexpensive. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> you from software denier. Um, but got a lot of this information from polygon.com. Uh, so just going to kind of go over some of the press release uh, information about the game and we can move on from there. But um, starting on June 21st, 2024, for 40 US dollars, that's right, 40 US dollars, a little pricey, as Nick said. But <laughs> you will be able to download Shadow of the Erd Tree from Elden Ring. Uh, the events of Shadow of the Earth Tree take place in a new space known as the Land of Shadow. According to game director Hidetaka Miyazaki, the new land is an entirely separate, physically separate map that technically occupies the same space as the land between. Uh, in other words, expect an alternate re reality version of the world similar to Dark Souls' Artorias of the Abyss or Bloodborne's The Old Hunters DLC. Uh, Miyazaki also told Eurogamer that the Land of Shadow is from software's largest, largest expansion to date in terms of overall volume. In true From Software fashion, Miyazaki says that the Elden Ring players can access Shadow of the Earth Tree's Land of Shadows by visiting Mikella's Cocoon. Uh, in Elden Ring, the cocoon is only accessible after defeating Moog, Lord of the Blood, in Mogwin's Palace. So if you've played any other DLCs in the past, you have to go to a certain point. Uh, so you'll have to you'll have to probably be a certain point into the game, right? Go to specific location, do a specific thing. Honestly, I kind of hate that they do that, but that's how it is. That's how they've always done it. So kind of expect mm -hmm. the same thing. Um, uh, in addition to a new land, Miyazaki says it will be filled with large-scale legacy dungeons as well as small to medium-scale dungeons. Players can expect new boss battles, new enemy types, new weapons, new armors, and other equipment. Uh, it will, of course, also feature new story elements and NPCs. One of the biggest being Mesmer the Impaler, who seems to kind of function as the millennia-type boss of the red this game. person? Yeah, it's the one who <laughs> they, you can definitely tell is being positioned as the next big challenge because, uh, again, fans of the From Software formula will know that Bosses are almost always harder in the DLC too, which is going to be a, a crazy thing for this game. But um, that's kind of about it for the game itself. You know, the trailer itself showed some cool new ways to do combat, some Bruce Lee looking martial arts stuff, yeah. which I don't know if that's a brand new way to fight or if it's an Ash of War, which is kind of like a special ability that you can use every once in a while. I uh, don't know what that is, but uh, Nick, are you going to jump into Shadow of the Earth Tree now that no, 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 no. I Okay. But, uh, but but what is your excitement level at? Again, Elden Ring, huge game, game of the year, twenty twenty two. This is probably far after Phantom Liberty, the most anticipated DLC out there. Yeah, um, you know it is coming with that forty dollar price tag. Like, are you in day one? Oh yeah, I'm in day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what this podcast has kind of caused me, you know had me do is is evaluate who I am as a gamer and what I like and what I don't like. And what this one is teaching me is that 
announcements for projects or further information for projects I'm already aware of doesn't do a lot for my hype meter. It's okay. it's always warranted. I'm always happy to happy to see it. But in terms of like that. <laughs> oh my god you know like stand up take my shirt off run around the room naked um it's it almost has to be always something that i don't know of right hades right. 2 is a perfect example if they announced near automata the near three whatever you want to do with that right. um that would get me to go crazy but being that i knew that this was going to come out being that i i figured it was going to come out this year if it wasn't then it would for sure be elden ring 2 uh it was more just it was like seeing a friend come home for like you know from break you know like oh hey buddy <laughs> You want to hang out? Yeah, fuck yeah, I want to hang out. Like, you yeah. know, and I'll see you, and I'll I'll be there day one. But, um, yeah, it'll it'll it's gonna be awesome, man. I fully expect this thing to be just jam packed with with awesomeness. Um, curious if they're gonna do, you know, are they gonna try and me- mess the formula up a bit? Are they gonna introduce some new way to traverse? Right? You know, you had torrent mm-hmm. in the first game with the horse, but maybe could there be some flying mechanic or you know just some sort of way to elevate it to the next step? Um, Elden Ring obviously is an evolution of the Dark Souls formula to right. the open world nature. So, you know, do they try to do that or do they just treat it like okay, this is Elden Ring? We're gonna give players more of the same. They're gonna love it because right. it is what it is. Probably a new ending. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, new ending. You know, yeah. probably similar to what Phantom Liberty did. It didn't shake the ground with the formula, but it introduced, I'm sure, a lot of new mechanics and things that yeah. people got excited about. And yeah, apparently there's going to be a death blight swamp too. So hooray, Miyazaki loves his poison uh, swampy areas. But um, pretty pretty exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be uh, something to check out in the summer. It's going to be unfortunate. It's like the most beautiful time of the year. Like, right. I'm not, not going to want to be inside as much as I would right now, but uh, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's got to be something else. I mean, two and a half years to for it to come out is, yeah, no joke. Yeah, you know, gotta, players of the game know there's an area in the beginning called Limgrave. They said it's about as big as that, which it's like you know that takes the first forty hours of the game probably if you mm-hmm. if you're exploring if you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna be good. Yeah, it'll it'll be here before you know it. You just you know four months. You can you can do it. Yes. <laughs> Well, now, you know, we're going to transition from something super bubbly and awesome to a little bit more industry analyzing, a little more, um, you know, we actually have some have to have some serious conversations about it. But uh, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast last week, after crazy, crazy rumors circulating in the Xbox world as to what is the future of the platform going to be, you know, they're seeing articles is starfield coming to playstation is indiana jones coming to playstation is elder scrolls coming all these things right the floodgates were open with rumors so that forced phil spencer and the xbox team to have to say something what they decided to do uh was to go on the official xbox podcast and have a nice 20 25 minute video kind of going over uh what their plans are what the future looks like is it as doom and gloom as everybody says or is it not that big of a deal and i think it's kind of somewhere in the middle yeah um so I, I take, got some notes, and we'll go over the what first, but I, I think between last week, Nick, us losing the podcast, and me ranting, I've, I've, <laughs> I've calmed down a little bit, so I'm not going to rant entirely here, Aww. but I definitely want to go over uh, what was said. Got no rant? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I We'll see. I'll, I'll try my best. Yeah, and I don't know. Every time I rant about things, especially Phil Spencer, I always feel like, was I too harsh? Like, is, is a lot of that fair, or am I just getting caught up in the heat of the moment? So we'll, we'll let the audience judge. Okay. But All right. to go over what the meat of the story was, what is actually happening, uh, like I said, Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond, president of Xbox, Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, sat down with, I know you'll remember her name. Tina Amanini. Tina Amanini, uh, former editor-in-chief, 
of IGN. Yeah. So obviously somebody who knows the industry pretty but, well. But works for Microsoft now. But that, that's clear. Yes. She and she now is, is part of that team. Uh, they basically came out and said that they are bringing four titles for right now, four titles to competing platform, competitor platforms, uh, namely the Switch and PlayStation. And at the time of recording, they did not announce what the games were, but we now know that they are Pentiment, which is already currently available on PlayStation. And Switch. And Switch. Hi-Fi Rush, which is coming later in March. Yep, March 18th. PS5 only. Look at, look at, look at PS, PlayStation only. PlayStation only. Grounded and Sea of Thieves, two more live service games. Uh, those are the four games that are going to be coming at first. Uh, they have stead, said explicitly that these four titles were chosen for a reason, uh, that this does not mean that future games will be coming. This does not mean that the dam is broken. Um, but I think if you're kind of an analyst of the industry, you kind of see that, it, you know, this is, the, <laughs> this is the start of something. But um, they said that Indiana, they, they did specifically say in this podcast uh, that Indiana Jones and Starfield were not any of the four Again, I, this is kind of weird talking about in advance, like two weeks ago, because like right. we do know a lot of the information now. But um, we do know that Indiana and Starfield are not planned for it now. But these four, they are all over a year old. There are a couple of games that are community-driven, and then a couple others that have reached their full potential. Community-driven games being Ground and Sea of Thieves. Uh, reach full potential games being Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush. Smaller things that they think they can extract some value in on the other platforms. Um, and it's, it has the potential to grow the brand value of Xbox. Um, and they said that they're going to learn. They're going to learn and see what they get from this. I guarantee if they see high, high sales results from the PlayStation community, uh, they'll probably explore putting more of these on. But off the bat, Nick, what do you think about this? Do you have any, <laughs> do you have any hype level for these games coming? Um, what is your surface level thoughts on the 20 minutes we got from Phil? So in our last podcast, uh, you made the point to say, I hope they don't tiptoe around this. I hope they don't leave it up to question uh, what games are coming and what games are not. And unfortunately, we're at that exact point still. Yeah. Uh, while we do know, know the four games uh, currently, which will by the end of April, will all have been out on PlayStation, and that leaves a, a big window for a lot of other games to join. And even though he ruled, Phil Spencer ruled out um, Starfield and Indiana Jones, you know, they, they kind of did a full pro court press here. Uh, not only did this Xbox podcast come out, but they also did Xbox Newswire on Twitter, and then they had prominent people in the journalism community, uh, Tom Warren and Stephen Totillo, do interviews with Phil Spencer that went live that day. And even in that, where he asked them about Starfield and Indiana Jones, you know, he said, will those games ever come to PS5? Can you rule that out? And Phil Spencer's response was, I don't think we should, as an industry, rule out a game going to any other platform. We're focused on these four games and learning from the experience. Again, that, that ambiguity is now going to plague every Xbox title. And that's why when I see sites like you know, a lot of sites, you know, saying, you know, this will end up not being a big deal. I'm like, it's a big deal. Like, this yeah. is just the start. Yeah. You know, if you don't think other games are going to come, I think you're crazy. You know, we, we talked about this internal strife within Microsoft to get their games on more platforms. Um, but that being said, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a PlayStation owner and people heard me last year when Hi-Fi Rush came out. I was like, that's FOMO. I, that's the first time yeah. I've had FOMO for an Xbox game. So, of course, I'm glad uh, see if, or Hi-Fi Rush is coming and 
I, che- I checked out a reviews for Pentiment, not my jam. Yeah. And Grounded just doesn't look like my thing either. I want but- to love Pentiment. IGN gave it a 10. <laughs> I tried it on Game Pass, but it is extremely slow and all reading. Which yeah, is, I, I don't I don't hate reading, but it's yeah. <laughs> he can't it's, read. It's, it's tough. <laughs> uh, it's an adventure game, so you know your mileage may vary. But uh, and uh, see if these just looks interesting <clears throat> from a, from just if as we talk about Hell Divers later, if you could get a group of friends to play, see if these with you. Mm. The proposition uh, point. looks I'm much more highly anticipated on that game, but. Uh, you know, out of the four, it's really just Hi-Fi Rush at this at this yeah. point. So, yeah, and um, Hi-Fi Rush is great. You know, I've talked yeah. about it on the show. It's uh, oozes style. It's unique. It's fun characters. Uh, highly recommend everybody check that game out when it comes. And uh, what we know about that now is it's only thirty U.S. dollars. Uh, it so it's pretty cheap, and if you pre-order it through PlayStation, you get an extra 10% off. So for 28 bucks, uh, that game is well worth it. So highly encourage anybody who who is interested in that to check it out. But uh, so as for the why, but I do want to say a, oh. a theme we're going to get through when we talk about all the their the kind of pillars of what they're talking about in this multi-tiered thing that, that this podcast had is there's a lot of contradiction. I think <laughs> and like yeah. you know like they'll say one thing, but then and kind of say things that kind of go. Well, you just said no Starfield or Indiana Jones. And then in this interview, you're saying they are still being considered. So it's just right now, not no, but not ruling out no in the future. So the messaging is not going to be clear. And again, I think about that when John goes over these other items that I think this is a theme that's going to continue to come up. Yes. Um, that's that's always been my biggest issue with Xbox is just their communication has always been very, very poor. And this, this was no exception. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Spencer, I believe, is the king of talking out of the both sides of his mouth. And I don't I don't mean that as like a personal thing. It's just like that's just how Xbox communicates. And it's fucking frustrating as somebody who tries to follow this industry. Um, but like Corporate you, speak is like that a lot. <laughs> right. So going back to the conversation at hand, kind of talking about the why. Why is Xbox doing this? Well, I think anybody who hasn't been living under, under a rock knows that PlayStation is dominating. They've been dominating for a while. And so what can they do with this initiative to get them to course correct a little bit? And so... Um, they said a lot of things in this, but Paramount among them, I think, was their discussion on focusing on bringing great games to Xbox, PC, and cloud, uh, which makes them accessible to hundreds of millions of players. Well, Nick, what type of device has hundreds of millions of players? Your phone. My phone, right. And so um, you can tell right off the bat that, you know, they're definitely still continuing down the path of quantity over quality. Um, you know, they were saying things like we see players play on different devices across different areas, uh, tablets, phones. They, the a video that they were showing alongside the podcast showed just the same thing. People playing on their tablets, playing on their phones next to each other. And while I'm sure that is a viable thing that's happening, it makes me extremely nervous, uh, If I, especially if I were only an Xbox fan, where it seems like they are kind of continuing down that path where it's like they didn't mention games like Hellblade or Fable, right. or, or um, Perfect Dark. They mentioned, and I, I, I noted this, right? When I was watching this, I took specific note of this to see if they mentioned anything else. They mentioned five games. Roblox, Fortnite, Call of Duty, um, Warcraft, I think, and Minecraft. Get live service games, games that are giant juggernauts that, yeah, you can extract a lot of value from them, but they kind of just adhere to this low 
I don't know, uh, race to the bottom type mentality that I just don't vibe with in the video game industry. And I'm not saying that that's going to be entirely the strategy, but you can see that is definitely a huge, huge, huge part of this. Um, and the frustrating thing is those are like the most unique games of all time, the most wildly successful. Every studio on the planet would love to have one of those games, but it's near impossible to do. Yeah, dude. Even Sony, you know, we're looking at Helldivers right now. The success that that game is having, having, Sony playtested that game. They knew what that game was, and they, even they had no idea that oh shit, this is going to catch on with everybody mm. to the point where they had to bump the servers up five or six times. And that's a right. great problem to have, but you can't seek it out. You can't right. just determine this is the one. Look at Suicide Squad. Right. I'm sure. WB was like, well, that's the one. Yeah, it's like throwing yeah, throwing darts at a wall and hoping you get the bullseye. But yeah. it's yeah, you'll it's, get some of them. You'll get some of them. But to make your to make your strategy kind of go down that path, I think is just a dangerous and, thing. And does X as and, and again, like the theme, the, the contradiction has Xbox at this point yet ever in the last ten years had a game even close to that. No. They've not even they can't even release a, a game that can be nominated for game of the year. Sea of Thieves is probably as close as you can get, and that's not a game of the year kind of game. It is it is a right. big success. But it, I'm just saying even the, the lower hanging fruit of like mm-hmm. a triple A video game that, you know, gets all these accolades and Hi Fi Rush was definitely that one of those games last year. It was a you know, it, it didn't get game of the year now, but they're not competing with you know, the Sony's the Nintendo's. They're not Tears of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Spider Man Two. Final Fantasy 16, you know, all these other publishers are doing these things and they're not. And yet they, they're looking for the next big game that is going to encompass all, all their initiatives, cloud, mobile, mm-hmm. Xbox, PC. But I, they, they haven't proven yet that they can even, you know, re- release a very, very, very good game yet. You got to make that 70 billion back somehow, Nick. I don't know how you do it. Um, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So yes, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and and there's these two quotes I want to focus on that kind of tie into this a little bit, um, where I think it, it really shows Xbox is starting to bow out of that space. I, I don't think, with rare exception, maybe Fable is this kind of game, I don't know. But I don't think they're going to compete in the game of the year category anymore, or at least like focused on that. Like If it happens, it happens. But there's two quotes I want to focus on that kind of lead me down that path. Uh, one is, it's not about one device, it's not about the games in service of a device, but rather the devices that people want to play on should be in service of making the games as big and popular as they possibly could be, because really, a healthy creator community is good for all games. That's one quote. Second quote is, there are two paths to increasing or to, to have the industry grow. Do I have a fixed number of players? And do I find new ways to monetize those players or to get more money from those player, the players that I have? Or do I expand the business I have by finding new players and adding those to the base of players that already play? And I just hate those two quotes <laughs> in tandem, Nick, right? And going back to, or let's focus on the growing the industry part first. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying we can't grow the industry by focusing on the people that already exist here, right? I think it's kind of a wide-known thing that the console space is almost maxed out. It's kind of been this way for a while. They say there's about 200 million or so console players, right? So where does that growth have to come from? Well, it has to come from outside that space. You got PC and you got mobile. I understand that. But first off, I don't think people are playing on devices all over the place. I just don't see it. I am friends with hundreds of gamers. Not a single person I know does that. And I know there's a, a lower 
I think people who play those bigger games that he mentioned are doing that. The Honkai Star Rails, the Genshin Impacts, Roblox, Fortnite. I think those people are Mm -hmm. probably playing because they can. Like when they're not at home, that device is available to just grind out or play a match here or there. But but are people playing Starfield or... You know, any other Indiana Jones, Fable, any <laughs> yeah. of those kind of games, Forza? No, I don't No, I don't think so. Not right. not to the, not, the percentage cannot be right. Very so high. I think if you have those two things, right, you have <laughs> uh, the the mobile space is going to keep winning now. And I think we've seen that from Microsoft in the past 10 years, just based on the quality yeah, of the games. Coming from both sides like that between the joysticks, baby, <laughs> or between the joysticks. Um, but I also, I also take umbrage with his statement about the, you know, do I have two paths? Like we need to grow the industry. If you look at the Nintendo side of things, the PlayStation side of things, mm-hmm. it's growing. It's not growing 40% every year, but the PlayStation 5 is outpacing the PlayStation 4. The PlayStation 4 outpaced the, paced the PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 3 didn't because the PS2 is an anomaly with a DVD player. It's growing slower than maybe you want because they're nurturing their ecosystems. They're figuring out a way to keep people here by good games, and that drives the momentum forward. We are getting older. I don't plan on not playing video games in the next 10 years. I'm sure you don't either. I have a child who is growing up with this. There is a way to do this and create a healthy ecosystem, but it is not a race to the bottom because we see what happened with cell phones. And that was a race to the bottom. When games came out on cell phones, they cost money. Nobody remembers that because nobody wanted to pay for it because it was still like, I don't want to play on this. I get it. But it raced to the bottom to the point where shit was free, and then we get loot boxes, and then we get microtransactions, and then we get all this horse shit that takes away from the actual experiences we have. And I just, if Microsoft's going to stay in the space, which they are, and I'm happy they are because competition is always a good thing, it just makes me worry that, again, they just spent $70 billion. The CEO of the company has their eye on them. The, mar- the shareholders have the eye on that division. They have to make that money back. They have to figure out a way to do it. And the simplest, easiest way, I feel like, is just mobile bullshit type stuff. <laughs> um, and it makes me nervous. And that's probably all I really want to kind of get into. I, th- I would encourage anybody who's into this to really go kind of watch the podcast, see what they had to say, because there's a lot of, there is a lot of different quotes I could d- dive into, right? Like, we're focused on the next-gen hardware, which is going to be the biggest technological leap you've ever seen. Shut up with that shit. Shut up with it. Because we've talked about on this very show uh, show that the Xbox Series X is being outsold by the Series S. So what the fuck does yeah, that matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. And like, So unless that, that big graphical leap comes with a nice cheap price tag, who gives a fuck? And do you know how many people I've talked to, a uh, friend of the show, Nick, uh, my buddy uh, that I went and visited over the weekend, we were talking about how just like awesome vampire survivors is and like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how powerful your shit is if you don't have compelling things to play on it right and why are you talking about the most largest technological leap you've ever seen if you're then talking about roblox have you seen roblox have right. you seen what that game looks like <laughs> it doesn't matter um i'm getting, all those little, I'm getting a little ranty do you see it yeah all those big games i'm getting fired up not very uh, graphical showcases you know or or saying things like that or you know we're committed to having the biggest place for developers where the most amount of players can be and you know you're playing on a platform where all the biggest games in the world are going to be well, what game's coming out in two days, three days, Nick? Yeah. Is that one there? <laughs> Helldivers 2, the biggest... Like, it's just, I hate the way they talk. Right. And I think if they could get out of their own asses, and if they could just try to figure out what their actual players want... Right. Well, let's say, to be fair... I don't know. It would be interesting if the rumors never came out, how they 
plan to present this because these games are here. Like the four yeah. games are here. So it, if 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 would we have just tuned into that Nintendo Partner Direct and been like, holy shit, yeah, <laughs> Pentiment and Grounded are coming to Switch. That's crazy. And then and they a get the week later, years. yeah, yeah, and then a week later they just re- they just dropped this trailer. And I'm assuming there would there would have been more than just that because then that's probably would, this what freak out would have occurred again. That's probably how it would have happened. I bet they would have let the Nintendo Switch news ride for a week or so and then drop like, oh, also, yeah. But I when, think they would all they would have to have something to like. Again, because that big freak out would have happened again because it's like, True. oh, oh Pentiment's out? What about Starfield and Indiana Jones? That's, and, that's a good point. And all yeah. the other things. It would have just been so, so they so, so to be fair, their, their backs were against the wall. And then the second part of the, what they had to do is be like they had to say to the, the Xbox uh, owners who own a Series S or Series X that uh, your investment wasn't in waste. We're, we're continuing to invest in new hardware. They say we're gonna have new hardware this fall, so maybe Project Brooklyn does exist. Then we're gonna get a Series X re- refresh, and that you know Xbox isn't going anywhere. Your game library isn't going anywhere. You're we're still rewarding you for buying in. You're gonna get all our games Game Pass day one. You know they they you know little cherry to on top of this was they announced Diablo Four oh, yeah. is coming to Game Pass uh, yep. later in March. March. Uh, I have that note. I have that note. March twenty eighth. <laughs> Yeah, so which I think is crazy earlier than I was suspecting. Yep. I thought it'd have been a year after it came out, or even closer to the you know the big expansion that's coming. But but Diablo is also a live service game. Like, don't kid yourself. So it yeah. makes sense that you know they'll take you know get a big boost in people playing it on Game Pass, and then yeah, you'll get they have all the revenue that way. They have all the microtransactions and battle passes in there, so they can it can make additional revenue. Yeah, so I'm very curious to see what the plan with Call of Duty is. Because I think that putting it on Game Pass day one would... That's a big chunk of money that they're just throwing away. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that happens. Well, especially with their deal with Sony. Like, right. would Sony have signed... Sony probably would sign the deal anyway. You know, it's it's one of the biggest franchises out there. But as part of that deal not to have the brand newest Call of Duty, the whatever the next one coming out this year, we already know what the title is. It's... Some something. I think it's Black Ops again. Yeah, it's just another <laughs> it's one. another Call of Duty. Whatever. Like, I think it's the um, uh, uh, Iraqi War or something. Yeah. Well, well yeah. whatever is is can they can they put that game on Game Pass day one? Is, I mean, honestly, be... like honestly, if Sony uh, says like that's part of the deal, and I'm Microsoft, I go, yeah, I take that deal. I use you as the reason we can't do it to get good PR, and then we get our money too. Right. Like, that's right. what I would then, if I was then, Sony. Like, yeah, you just pass the buck, blame them because. Yeah. Yeah, then you'll get all those fanboys that need to buy that <laughs> shit day one. So, like, yeah, so yeah, just to kind of wrap things up is like I, Xbox isn't going anywhere, which is good. You know, as we we definitely want more competition in this market because I don't want Sony by themselves. You know, mm-hmm. like they already are. They've had a lot of bumbles last year alone. Now, cocky uh, Sony's honestly the worst Sony. Yeah, like, like back <laughs> against the wall, Sony's kind of where you want them. Yeah, yeah. So That's why we got the PS4. Yep. So, uh, so I, I want them around. I'm glad they're still around. I'm glad there's this commitment to new hardware going forward. That's always exciting. And you know, hopefully, you know, you know, we all win if these game more games come mm-hmm. to other platforms. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah my my final point will be, if you think that's just these four, yeah, you're fucking, <laughs> you're kidding yourself. No. Like, no, no like no, no, no. Microsoft. <laughs> it just it just it makes no sense to me business wise 
why you would ever just be those four games. If your reasoning is we want bigger communities for community-driven games, great, then do those. And if the other reason is these games have run their course and we can get more profit no matter what, yeah, do that too. So like <laughs> – yep. Buy these games if you want to see more. If you want to see the Master Chief Collection come to PlayStation one day, which I think would be a very good option for for this, like that's Oof. you know that'd be Oof. huge. But it'd be crazy to see yeah PlayStation prompts on a Halo <laughs> game. Um, you know, buy these games. Show them that that this is this is this is what you want. And and yeah, I you know for full disclosure, like if PlayStation games made their way to Xbox, I don't think I'd care. I I, I would maybe care if it was day and date. I might be like, well, that's weird. Why do I care about the Sony? That's ecosystem? never happening. That's never happening. But like, <laughs> you know, if one day they're just like, you know, we put Horizon Zero Dawn on PC, we're gonna bring it to Xbox too. Be like, right. cool. Like that's fine. or even like Whatever. like we know Marathon is gonna be day and date. I like if yeah, fair, I games, know, fair games and Concord well, should go on Xbox. Probably, we're gonna talk about Helldivers later, but if like Helldivers was one of those games, I like again these live service games. I I. I those especially, I you know, you need big numbers um, to justify the game and and to keep that content constant that stream of content coming out. So you know, if if I know like it was kind of cute over the weekend, a lot of people because because of the way Helldivers works is like you're all working toward a greater goal combined together that both PC and PlayStation want Xbox in there because that's just more Dude, like, more 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 soldiers spreading democracy, which we all want for freedom but yeah i mean you know one of the uh obviously helldivers has been taking up a lot of my mind share lately and talking to nick and other people about it. it's like one of the easiest ways to advance this game is just yeah incorporate new factions new weapons and you know we're talking about like kill zone could fit into that really well ratchet and clank could maybe fit into that really well halo would fit into that beautifully like if you were able to have like a halo based mission structure with like elites and and that the flood coming at you and you had roared like it'd be, that, that's a match made in heaven um so get on it phil all phil. right <laughs> all right so yeah speaking of hell divers too let's just move on to our next topic because john and i have both purchased and have been playing hell divers 2 again this is the game from arrowhead this game soon to be owned by playstation studios <laughs> this is kind of like you know you know, I, I keep wanting to keep wanting to challenge John's assertion that 2024 will not be as big as 2023, and I'm I'm happy to say that I in these first few months he's looking like a clown. He's looking like a clown so far, because uh, after Pal World blew up the internet, now Helldivers 2 blew up the internet. Yeah, Pal World's of like course, dead now. If you're listening to this, you probably know that already. It is like been the story. It, they can't keep up with the amount of concurrence. You know, they have had to keep increasing it, increasing it, increasing it, increasing it. And uh, to say Arrowhead was not ready for this and Sony is the understatement. Yeah. Like, how do you release a live service game and don't have a timeout? Like, yeah. like, what game just lets you exist on the server and not timeout for not playing it? Yeah, Nick speaking to, there was an issue that people were literally staying logged in overnight so that they didn't have to jump back yep. in the queue lines the next day and then nobody else could get in because everything was jam-packed. That just time. shows you how much of a shock this was, right? Yep. It's like that they didn't even think about that. Diablo 4 times you out, you know? like so, uh, so they weren't ready for it. And again, Helldivers 2 is a sequel to the 2015 game, but... That game was isometric. Like you yeah. it was an over the head view and I know John and I both I think we were like may on this game. We didn't we weren't sure if it was going to be a certified hit and you know they that isometric game became a third person game. That third person game is amazing uh from present presentation to the the silly humor, you know, like for democracy and spreading it um and just this <clears throat> 
So the goal of the game is you and three other uh, squad mates go down to a planet and are just completing objectives while facing off a lot a, a lot of, at first, giant bugs. It takes a heavy inspiration from, uh, what, Paul Verhoeven, is that his name? Starship yeah. Troopers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can also take it to uh, automatons who are just like straight out of Terminator. Um, but uh, the game, the weapons, it heavily relies on what are called stratagems in which you can call down very powerful moves, powerful weapons. So you can have a giant sniper rifle, a rocket launcher, but then you can call down a, a turret or a mortar orbital laser. Yeah, an orbital laser getting into the more airstrikes. And so this game is just all about that emergent story. Like I think the objectives are pretty self, there's not a lot of story you get from them. They're pretty self-explanatory. But, uh, you know, we, we launched that ICBM missile and it was flashy as hell. And yeah. um, a lot of the game just relies on emergent stories that just happen out of the chaos of this game. Like, because it's beautiful. You're swarmed with bugs. You're either swarmed with robots. And as a team, you're just trying to figure it all out in, in the chaos. And I think that that, is, that really attributes to its success. I think when you think about what made, you know, Grand Theft Auto is a, a huge property. But I think Grand Theft Auto Online continues to this day because just you go in and crazy shit happens. Like mm-hmm. you, the engine allows for that. And same thing here. Like it, it almost seems like the same ragdoll physics of the grand theft auto game. Like if you, if you're close to like a mortar strike or you get hit, your, your guy just is flopping all over the place. And yeah, John, I know you haven't played as much as I have, but uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? I, I've kind of, yeah, I've had a weird relationship with this game where <laughs> it, you know, it came out, I, I bought it, it's not a t- game that I'm typically a favor no, of. I don't no. like multiplayer games. I like to play games by myself. I'm a loner. Uh, but I had to buy this one. $40 price point, huge. Um, the reception it got, and it just looked like a good amount of fun. But people comparing it to, like, this is, like, what multiplayer felt like with Left for Dead, with, like, Halo mm-hmm. um, land parties with your buddies and things like that. And, like, that's the type of multi... That's the, that's the good shit, right? Yeah. Part of the reason I hate multiplayer games is because... The, the stress that inherently will come from it playing against other people, right? You're playing against people who are probably the same skill level as you. You know, I think of Rocket League. They match you up with people the same level because that otherwise it wouldn't be fun if you're mm-hmm. either stomping people or they're stomping you. But it inherently is just going to create a stressful environment where I go, fuck, ah, I should have had that <laughs> shot. I should have whatever this. And this game is both the most stressful and least stressful thing ever in a weird, beautiful way. I'm glad you're bringing this up. You know, it's just like we load it like, First off, you got to learn the game. I don't like. I was so happy to play with you because like I needed somebody <laughs> to just be like, "This is what this does. This is what this does. This is kind of the strategy." Because it's a weirdly simple game. Like that's yes. one of the one of the things I kind of immediately realized about it that kind of threw me off. Where I was like, "Is this all this is? Where you you go into a ship, you pick a mission on a globe that's not in any order. It's not like this is the forty seventh out of fifty missions. You just do a thing. You go in with your buddies. It's usually." 20 to 30 minutes yep. and you leave and that and you just do it again. And so I, at first I was like, ah, this isn't, this isn't going to stick for me. <laughs> and like I did a mission by myself and I did a mission with another rando and that was okay, but still just didn't feel, feel right. But then jumping in with you and two of our other buddies and having those, like you said, emergent stories, uh, we were, <laughs> I was playing with Nick and two of our friends last night and one of the guys is an absolute goofball and he, uh, you know, he's running with our other buddy, Jack, and he's like, Hey, hey I'm going to call in a, 
calling a strike, an orbital strike, and Jack's like, okay, cool, cool. And he throws it, but he accidentally threw it directly at their feet. So Jack looks up, and there's just a big laser beam coming down at him. And, and like they all, they of course explode up and everything like that. But because there's this low stress element to it of like, hey, you get 20 revives. You got your friends with you. Yes. It's going to be okay. Just have fun with it. You're going to, you can do all the side things if you want. You can go collect all the samples if you want. It's going to level you up faster. But like, just do the thing and get out of there if you want to. Um, and I think the game just does a really good job with that. And that's why it's, it's sticking so well with a lot of people because you you just it's it's so easy to jump into it's so easy to have fun it's so easy to not reach the end of a thing and even if you fail you're probably like well that was fucking wild right um you know because it it does have this backdrop again um of these beautiful presentation you know we were fighting these huge uh Chargers is what they yeah, call the Chargers where like these two chargers are coming after us and we're like kind of running away. And then one of them just like hops up on top of a like rock structure and there's like a gorgeous sunset behind <laughs> it. And, like he just looks like he's like kind of like staring down at all of us like what you going to do. And it just, I don't know. It just, it, it creates a pretty cool environment. Um, I will say, I don't think this is going to be a thing that sticks with me forever, but um, it's for right now playing with some buddies it's uh it's it's exceeding what i thought it would have done for me for a game like this yeah so. yeah and i and i really enjoy the environments uh, that that desert planet we were on at one point like a sandstorm had come through and it was like yep. the visibility was just bare minimum and you know you're just hearing like gunfire gunfire and you can't even see what's going on and you're just running to your buddy trying to like be there to help him and there is nothing cooler than a large behemoth of a creature that you can see the outline of in yeah. fog in the distance, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's then so it, cool. Then it spits acid at you, and you're yeah, like, ah! Like bitch. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think it has everything going for it really well. Like I said, that, that, that gameplay loop is so good of just going down to the planet, getting resources, getting money, um, being very forgiving about deaths. I, I heard if you complete the main objective and you run out of lives, you still get credit for that main oh, objective do? and completing it. And stuff like that is just... It's just great. Like that's yeah, they it, want people to have fun, and yeah. I think that's forgotten by a lot of games, especially live service games. Because what I will say that this game also does extremely well, especially for this kind of game, doesn't shove like it does not shove microtransactions yes. down your throat. It yes. does not make you feel like you are missing a big chunk of the game or having a less than optimal experience because you don't want to fork over real world money. It yep. does a great job with that, um, and it does have microtransactions. It does. It has a it has a a battle pass. And a store, but you you can actually earn those credits in game too if mm -hmm. you find them. Yeah. So. So you want to spend extra money because time's tight for you? Go for it. But like, it's it just it does it does all the little things uh, very well. And for Sony's, you know, the really, you could argue that this is Sony's first big live service release, right? I think some people might say you know MLB the Show and things like that. No. And, and you're not technically wrong, but like this is the first one of their like initiative, and so. For them to nail it so hard um, is incredibly encouraging. Uh, makes me a little bit more excited for fair games. Makes me a little bit more excited for Concord. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying that those games are gonna get me going, but it's gonna at least be like, well, let's you know, is is this more Arrowhead or is this more Sony? I don't know, but it at least you know makes me um, a little uh, more open to those projects. It's neither of them. <laughs> it's what blind luck. It is, it is very well. I, credit is all to Arrowhead, like I said. Yeah. Like the, well, we all the things we just talked about that 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 most incredibly satisfying loop with that music. God, music every time up. the Hell Pods drop, I, it's just a chill down my spine 
when those whole pods drop drop it's, it's fine so good. yeah it's so it's so good yeah. uh that uh that and like i said a credit to them but like as we talked off talked about at the very beginning they had no fucking clue that this was oh no happen. for sure no idea for sure and but it but it is it's it's fucking great it, it is you, you can't argue that like the for this game to find this kind of success and I, like i said i think it's just like universally just loved i know it was getting some hate because of people couldn't get into the yeah, game that is pretty much fixed it but seems it seems like. like everyone just is just embracing the bro nature of it i think that's a big part of it like you know, hell divers can hug and mm-hmm. you know fist bump and you know there's a lot just a lot of cute like animations between the players and it just like you said it's like it's low it's high stress but low stress and it's it, fi- it finds that perfect curve where you're not you're never going to throw your controller no. or be like, mad. And I think like, I think they nuts. they responded to that about why there's no PvP content is like the same. That, yeah, that very they, and they said they ne- they're never going to do it, which I right. love. I love that they said Yeah, that. so. Um, but yeah, Colin Moriarty, I think, said it best where he said, this game uh, doesn't make you feel like a man, but it makes you feel like a guy. <laughs> like you're, you're just a bro with your dude shooting bugs. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's a ton of fun. Like it's so funny too, man. I'm just thinking like the the fake reviews in the store of like, oh, it's the best thing to get the bug goop <laughs> off you or whatever. And it's just well done, Arrowhead. Um, and yeah, I I, I want to play tonight. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you know, we'll see if we can. But uh, yeah, the only thing fun. is, I f- I feel bad is like we're watching you know streamers who are already max level and all that is like you release this game and it's wildly successful is like, and we know mechs are coming. Like that's the next kind of content update oh, we I saw. About those. Yeah, we saw that in the uh, the uh, state of play, the last Sony state of play, that mechs are coming, and I'm assuming more vehicles are coming. Is just now that the servers are fixed, like how soon can they? Yeah, I keep mean, this momentum because it, it's not easy, and I and I feel bad. Like that's like you're you're so successful, and just people just consume this content so hard. More that yeah that that, that yeah. W- well, hopefully this you know two months from now they can just maintain uh this excitement level that'd be really interesting i mean you know uh we know that factions was basically canned because naughty dog was going to have to turn their entire studio into supporting that game to keep the content going and so what does sony do with arrowhead yeah do they just do they basically um take 200 of their engineers and be like hey you guys are you guys are just fucking there until you know but like you know you need to keep it going right that's just engineers and you need people to develop the new i think you just whatever support you know, studio you have it's like you know you do you fucking gut bunch what you, you guys need? aren't making games anymore just go help everybody <laughs> yeah. just go help everybody yeah i think you yeah you take any support studios you have yeah maybe you have some bungee people i mean they got valkyrie like that's a entirely support studio that they have yeah uh, that they own i don't know what they're currently working on but yeah, they're going to definitely be moving resources around yeah. uh, around this game, and um, you know the next thing they have coming is Stellar Blade, which isn't first party or that's a second party from Shift Up. So they do kind of have a nice. It's you know it seems like they do have an open slate. Not that any of these teams aren't working on things, of course, but that's not like right. there's a big first party game coming out in May or anything like that. Right, so right. Focus so, on that for a little bit. So not to just leave Hell Divers here because you know there's a bunch of live service games that came out in the last few weeks, and Hell Divers won. Basically, oh yeah, it, you know, yeah, Skull well, and Bones came out, sixty on Open Critic, uh, Suicide Squad, which also Arkham Knight came out in twenty fifteen. They they've been spending nine years on a game, sixty on Open Critic, and then Foam Stars, yeah, also fifty nine on it's Open. It's pretty Critic. funny. It's like David versus Goliath, man. Arrowhead, <laughs> Arrowhead versus Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Rocksteady. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, yeah, we got this. You guys, are, you guys don't know what you're doing. So we know, like, and and it seems like the the that gameplay loop we talked about, the feel of the game, uh, that they just those three games just could not get it done. Uh, probably Skull and Bones is probably the closest to have like a a f- find the fun there. But it's from all accounts, you know, we had our uh, pal of the show Jesse write in that Suicide Squad plays terribly, so that loop sucks. And we've said on our own podcast is like that's how these games have to hit, and that's I think contributes to Helldivers to success. But yeah, strategies, strategies are just we, the dopest thing ever. Like, come on, <laughs> who doesn't have fun doing those? But we do have, you know, like the rumor is Concord is supposedly coming out later this year. Right. You know, we have Marathon. We have there are more live service games on the horizon. Is there anything you can think of if you're if let's just say we're we're working on Concord, which is I want to say Fire Sprite. Is it Fire Sprite Fire or is it the other? Walk. Yeah, the other Fire Studio for Sony. I hate that. Yeah, it's like an outer wild because <laughs> Fire Sprite is thing. the. Um, the horizon, uh, call the mountain. Yes. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> well, so if I'm working for, for Concord, <laughs> um, what, and I see Helldivers too, what are, what, what is the takeaway? I think first, first and foremost, for the foremost, mm-hmm. it just has to play really well. Yeah. It has to be tight controls. It has to feel good or at least, it has to feel good enough to where like, I'm not feeling cheated mm-hmm. as Helldivers two does. I think like, kind of the, the silliness of it all helps when you're like, yeah, ah, I accidentally rocketed myself. Like, but, it, but I, I, my character went crazy and it's funny and silly and I'm back right in the game. Um, is there anything you can think of if, if we were working on Concord to, to take away from what we just saw with four life service games? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you need to embrace, you know, and this might sound extremely obvious and simple but embrace the fun like yeah. you know i don't think i think it is very hard it's not it, it is you know humor also is very hard but hell divers embraces both of those things so well where like you said even even an emote where a guy goes like this and i can walk up to him and i press <laughs> x and i just hug him it, make, it brings a smile to my face um not shoving down the live service elements i think is is key to i mean suicide squad i look at those that ui and i just go Bleh. You know, and even in, I even get into it a little bit with Helldivers. Like initially, I was scared to go into that square menu because it just looks like a it looks like a, a menu that I would buy stuff at. Right. And then I found out it's not that, and it's and it's, it is fine. Yeah. But you know, figuring out a way to balance that with the players, I think, is huge. And and also Concord specifically, it's just going to be it's going to come down to what kind of game is that. You right. know, I think I think the player versus environment and is such a huge element of this because it just inherently forces camaraderie and working together as opposed to animosity and working against each other. Right. And getting mad at your squad mates because you guys lost the match against the other team because this guy didn't do the right thing or whatever. Like, there's none of that. Like, there's some, I think, a little bit of it with people who are playing with randos where I've heard stories of, you know, blowing up their teammates at the last moment or kicking them because people are just fucking dicks. Right. But, um, so I don't, you know, you can't really take that away from a lesson if your game is built around PV, PVP, but, you know, I think keeping those things in mind is definitely what would and, help lead you down the right path. And it's unique, right? Like, it seems every live service game wants that, you know, the finals, the, just this, yeah, this, that's, this group combat, Apex Legends. Like, we were so, Fortnite, we're kind of sick of all these modes, like, to even where Fortnite is, like, pulling away from it. Mm-hmm. Like, it has a music mode and a Minecraft mode and a racing mode that, you know, it's more... It's, 
more people want a more relaxing experience than getting killed by tryhards that are playing the game all the time. And yeah, or or even <laughs> or even a game like Suicide Squad where you know it's not really PvP, but like you know, held like you said, held are so unique. You call in stratagems, and you got these little. It's so simple. Like maybe that's another takeaway: simplicity. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have all these systems working together that just make numbers go up. And then at the end of the day, my number's higher than your number. Mm, It's like, you know, like I said, just simply calling in a cluster bomb. When I see a bug nest come up, (laughs) I will sit there and I'll just go, I'll just, I'll be, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for them to all blow up. It looks great. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard though, because like we've said, you can't, you can't force it, but, um, I would definitely use Helldivers as a model. That's for sure. Yeah. And even I'm just now, I'm just thinking about like the Hoyoverse who will successfully probably release three live service games and there's no fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something to do that. There's already too much like just people being dicks to one another in the world. Like, you know, (laughs) I think, I think we, we look to video games as a way to escape and finding a space where I can, yeah, just, I can drop a fucking nuke on you and you go, <laughs> you know, it's just, right. You, know, <laughs> you don't get that at a lot of places. Right. So. so it's good stuff. All right. So we'll probably report in more hell divers too, as, as we continue For to democracy. play, but uh, let's move on to another game that we both tried. Uh, the Nintendo partner direct was kind of small on announcements. Uh, it seems that, uh, you know, the switch was supposedly, this was be its last year. The Switch Two would come out, but now rumors are that Switch Two is next year. But that was definitely shown at this Partner Direct that you know there's there's not a lot coming for Switch because as development moves to you know Switch Two and that. But uh, so little, in fact, that we decided between our lost episode and now that we're not even going to worry. Yeah, about yeah, exactly. About it. it's, it's, it's if you want, if you're curious, go look. There's a couple small games in there, but no, but uh, something that did come out of it is that uh, Unicorn Overlord, another one of the big well, big, but is quotes, but JRPG that is uh, coming out in these first three months to join Infinite Wealth and Fa- Final Fantasy Rebirth and Grand Blue Fantasy, all these JRPGs coming out. This is just another one. Uh, this is coming from VanillaWare, uh, whose last game was 13 Sentinels, mm, a game John and I both like. It's probably our more... We both ex- platinumed it. Yeah, our most ex- obscure platinum. People are probably like, what game is that? Definitely. I think <laughs> I think, I think think that game got a big article when they're like, hey, we sold 100,000 copies or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you have... Uh, they've done uh, Dragon's Crown, uh, Grim Grimoire. Odin Sphere. Yep, Odin Spear. They, they've done a lot of games, and if you, if you see their trailers for their games or played any of their demos for their titles, uh, you'll notice, like, one of the most consistent themes is they have the most unique art style out there. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis. There will always be a character with who's top heavy. Um, but <laughs> Or a couple. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, the demo's out. It is out on, I think it probably is out on everything because that, that game is coming to everything. It, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, so you you have the chance to play it. And, and by, by demo, I mean, it's basically a game trial. You get seven hours with the game. So uh, you can play it for seven hours, and then if you like it, it'll all transfer over to the game. But uh, what the game is is it's a fantasy uh, auto battler is probably the easiest thing. A hard one to quantify. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you basically play as a typical fantasy story. You're playing as Elaine, who's, whose mom is killed by by your own general who betrays her, and then that general takes over the, the – the, the world and uh, you're leading this small band of resistance fighters. Do you get amnesia? 
<laughs> you don't get amnesia. Oh, okay. You're you're very well aware of what's going on. But uh, <laughs> my mom is dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, and from there, you know, you start as a small ragtag ragtag group of people, uh, and you're joined and you recruit people along the way as you go through it. And this starts unlocking classes and stuff like that. But uh, and a lot of JRPG tropes are in there for sure. But uh, what the game is is kind of like a it's it's a strategy game first and foremost. Uh, there's an overworld map in which you have towns and you can do requests for the towns to return them to their former glory. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to explore. And then when you are in battle, it is this real-time bat, uh, battlefield where you can uh, you go to your town and uh, deploy troops. And then those troops are made up of all the characters you've been recruiting. And kind of the neat thing is, is they all have like rock, paper, scissors, strength and weaknesses with each other. And you kind of place them on this board. And then when they run into another enemy, um, the, that battle just auto plays out. You're not actually you know, telling a character to cast ice or telling a guy to swing his sword or block. Uh, the classes kind of all do that themselves. And uh, the, that makeup of those teams matters because, again, it, you know, the magic users are strong against physical attackers. And uh, if they're not protected by a shield guy in front because you kind of position them in this grid, uh, they can get, they can be vulnerable to attack. And so, you know, you kind of always want to make a good team consistency and then you always have to consider what they're facing and every, every match you go up to. And it kind of, this was in advanced wars as well, which is kind of an auto battler is you kind of, you kind of see what the damage is going to be. Like, you'll know even before watching it play out is if, if your character is going to take a lot more damage than the other guy and, or you're going to defeat them entirely. And then you kind of just take over the little and it's all under a timer. That's how it plays out. So if they either capture your main base or this certain amount of time passes, uh, you lose the battle. So you kind of just fight your way till you get to their castle, kind of take down their enforcements. And these kind of give you valor points, which again can be used to deploy those troops or use character unique abilities like uh, next attack for everyone. They get first strike. So they'll attack first and stuff like that. And, uh, it's just at the surface it looks like to be a very big and very deep game the map yeah. is huge you can go into like a like a character like library and it, there's so many more classes there's probably like 30 classes of, of warriors and mages and sorcerers in the game and it's it's overwhelming uh but i won't lie i was digging it yeah. I'm, I'm digging it a lot i like uh, the art of course is incredible music's incredible and there's just something um some kind of dopamine of just building a your their correct combination and then just letting them out in the world and yeah. watching them just destroy the enemy. I can see that. I can but, see that. But, it reminds me a lot of like um, Final Fantasy XII's Gambit system. Where you, yes. You kind yes. of just like build this. You make sure your party members kind of do different things. Yep. And you have them in specific orders and, and then you just build the most well-rounded version of that and you'll you'll wipe through enemies. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I loaded this game in as well, and um, you know, listening to you talk about it definitely maybe wants to make me try it again. I will say, I immediately go, "This is too much brain power for me." Um, you know, <laughs> I just want to shoot bugs. I, yeah, I just I just want to play something, and with time as limited as I was, especially with demos, like demos are very quick for me to just get out of here. Well, you got to hand it to these demos like like we saw. Seven Hours is no joke. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and this one is like that the content goes to the main game mm -hmm. is, is instead of to see it through more than... For sure. For sure. But like, you know, it's if I do go to the main game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
you know, like I said, maybe I'll give it a shot again. But like the moment I saw that, like, oh, I have to go into a menu-based system and rearrange the process or the like the order of the abilities that you know just the sequence of everything i was like i don't want to think right now right <laughs> um but yeah i mean i would i would challenge any one developer has a prettier cooler more unique art style than vanilla where like it, it's it's you know i always use this comparison with like music where sometimes you just listen to a guitar player play and you just know who it is like mm-hmm. you, you know who carlos santana is and what mm-hmm. he sounds like and it's right. like i just see a screenshot i go it's a vanilla game yeah like, <laughs> e- the easiest one in the world to do um yeah. so there's a lot a lot to love i think this game is going to review incredibly well but i think it's going to be another one like fire emblem or something where it's like if it's it's, it's got to be for you like if right. it's if it's you know, I find myself a lot of times forcing myself into genres. Pentamin is a great example where I'm like, I didn't give it a ten. I gotta try it, and I was like, and I was like forcing. I was like, yeah, I like this. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. This. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I don't want to do that with my time anymore. Sure. So like, you know, uh, do you think you're buying? Is this is this a Nick purchase now? Uh, so yeah, that's the tricky part. So it's coming out a March eighth. That is a you know. Uh, eight days after mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, so it that that sucks. Yeah, I'm playing Infinite Wealth right now, and yeah. then Helldivers uh, snuck into the room and was like, you know, <laughs> <Don't> Ford- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you guys, we all want to play, uh, and yeah. so it, so yes, it is 100 percent on my radar. Sounds like a good wait for sale, though. Yeah, well, I feel, I don't know if you feel this way. I feel bad because like Vanillaware. Like you said, how much? Did I don't feel bad. No, okay. my the, money. Is no too empathy val- on this it side is of the too room. valuable for me. <laughs> no, no, no. But I kind of feel bad. I and and this might be one of those games that could be harder to find on specific platforms. Like you know, the if PS- you want to get physically, we're physical boys. Yeah, yeah. The sure. PS5 version might be harder to find. So I I don't know. But well, if I, it if it is, you should just keep that copy. Maybe in right. ten years, it's like <laughs> worth something. You know. Right. So uh. So yeah. I I. It's it's on the list now, and unfortunately, like I said, it's it's I've got it two big JRPGs that I currently, oh well, I own one with Infinite Wealth and will own with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That to fit in a third one, yeah, is is pretty fucking insane. But so what's after after Rebirth, not including Unicorn Overload? What's the next game you have? Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Okay, that's and that's March super 18th. quick. You can do that in a weekend. March 18th. Anything after that? I'm just trying to think of like uh, what your announced game. And, and, and then in April, it's Dave the Diver and possibly Stellar Blade. Possibly Stellar Blade. Okay. And then I think May is finally, as of right now, in the clear. As far as I think that's that fog of war yeah, is, yeah. is not till uh, is till May is kind of where it returns. Okay. Oh so. yeah, I mean. Yeah, you got some you got some thing on your books, but uh, you're also a beast, and you don't you don't have kids, so I don't want to hear any excuses out of you. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I it is my number one hobby, but it, no, I it is a lot. Like, no, it, of course, and especially like that same genre back to back. Right, just right. Like, oh my god, right. I, I want to I want somebody to be moody. Well, maybe not moody. There's a lot of moody people in Japanese games, but right. You know, I want some dark Last of Us type shit. <laughs> I'm good on that after you know Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, but, for sure, uh, I know. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's on it's on my radar. We'll probably hear me talk about it come April, May ish time, and it'll I'll have I'll let the listeners know that I have bought it and started playing it. Yes, so. sir. So pretty cool. All right, let's move on to the video game character battle royale, our returning segment for in September. <laughs> you know, we're in, we're into we're into round two and. Uh, we have some winners to announce from from last week. 
finally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for two of them, finally. So the, the good thing about our week off is we got a decision on two of the ties. Uh, but first up, we do have Sub v- Sub-Zero versus Doom Guy. Sub-Zero won. Power of Friendship. John did it. He took down I, one of the big ones. Yeah, I, I was proud of myself when I thought of that. I was just like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to work, but it's silly enough that it might. Yeah, it did work. So, yeah, Sub-Zero moving on. And then we had 2, 2B and Aloy. And 2B won. John, John can rest easy again. <laughs> All right. She, She'll she be his number one draft pick in round three if we do decide to draft the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Zagreus would be up there, but yeah, no, she's she's and then and she's then Bay, and then in that same boat, Solid Snake got out of his third second tie uh, to beat Sora, so he is moving. Power on Power of well. friendship didn't help Sora. <laughs> no, <laughs> only helps only helps Sub Zero of all people. <laughs> well, when it's your like your big trope, oh, and funny. and it was out of nowhere. Doom guy just he didn't he didn't think someone would do that. Turn no, turn his no change his heart. So, uh, <laughs> which is also a Kingdom Hearts theme. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but all right. So we're moving back into this week's matches, which is Fox McCloud versus Big Daddy and Little Sister, followed by Richter Belmont versus Ezio. I think I get to choose and you defend first or you go first. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We did this battle last <laughs> I week don't in, remember. The, in the Forgotten episode. So, uh, so uh, you know, we're, we're kind of retreading similar ground here, but. We'll have fun anyway. All right. We'll, we'll start with uh, Richter Belmont of the Castlevania series versus Ezio of the Assassin's Creed series. And I go, go first? Ahead. Go ahead, John. All right. So right off the bat, Ezio, Master Assassin, uh, <laughs> he is going to use a smoke bomb to uh, figure out a way to break line of sight from Richter so he has no idea where he is. Sure. Sure, sure. So uh, Richter Belmont has a, a lot of useful items. And he's going to employ stopwatch. This allows him to freeze time and have his way with Ezio. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, well, luckily for Ezio, uh, time stops, but during his next move, because Richter's not attacking while time has stopped, time then reverts to going again, hidden poison <laughs> blade right into the neck, uh, right into Richter's dumb vampire hunting neck i'm, I'm disappointed because last week you said right in the ass oh i did you're right i did right in the right in the bottle <laughs> oh. well. but, uh, fine yeah poison blade right in the butt. that's pretty deadly but uh you know he's again the more defensive moves here because he knew an assassin was coming for him he uh richter is going to use the bible an item which forms a barrier around Richter and prevents him from harm. So hopefully this will prevent that poison blade from sticking him anywhere on his body, mm. not just his anus. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Well, as many uh, cultured people may know, Ezio is actually Italian for eagle. So he is going to use an eagle strike attack where he calls upon his eagle brethren to go uh, eat Richter's eyeballs. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But you're yeah. going right for all the vulnerable spots. Yep, yep buttholes and eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Richter Belmont's going to have to employ his signature weapon. That is the vampire killer, his whip. Uh, this, you know, signature weapon gives Richter range, mobility, and has the ability to reflect or nullify projectiles. I think he, he's dealt with, he's whipped a few eagles and, or birds in his, in his video game experience. So he'll take care of that bird and he'll take care of Ezio. With that whip. Do you ever play Super Castlevania 4? 
No, I don't play Gas Mania okay. games. One of the things I like about that is there's like physics to his whip where you can like hold it and like jiggle it. Oh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just picturing him like jiggling it at a bird. <laughs> I take that back. I played the 3D ones of all of all the. Okay. Uh, were the Lords of Shadow or something? Yes. Yes. Good memory. All right. So okay. So. All right. This again. These polls will be on Twitter at Joysticks Pod. Please vote there. Please avoid ties. Or you can also write in at between the joysticks at gmail.com. Tell us why the other character would win, and we'll certainly read it. Sure. So let's move on to our next match: Fox McCloud versus Big Daddy and Little Sister. Um, and I guess I got to go first on this one. Yes. So uh, uh, Fox McCloud is going to use his signature sensor bomb. You know, the way to beat a Big Daddy in the Bioshock series was to litter the way with traps before you aggroed it. So Fox will plant the battlefield with these motion-censored bombs to make Big Daddy walk into some major damage when he finally confronts Fox. That's fair. That's fair. Well, one might look at this matchup and think, wow, facts, facts. Fox really has a speed <laughs> advantage, doesn't he? Well, Big Daddy knows this. Big Daddy saw, says, I got to close that gap immediately, bombs or not. I got to <laughs> use my charge attack to close the distance, uh, get right next to Fox. Luckily, I think he moves fast enough that the bombs explode behind him, I hope. <laughs> I sure do hope. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fox is going to have to rely on his signature Smash Brothers move, that up B move, the jetpack. So he's going to use this to keep that distance because you don't want to get close to a Big Daddy. And this will certainly help him get gain mobility and verticality on the Big Daddy. All right. Well, I was hoping to save this move for last, but being that space has been created again, I got to pull out my ion laser. Uh, in Bioshock 2, there's different variances of Big Daddies. One of the most powerful has the ion laser. It uh, doesn't matter how far away Fox is. doesn't matter how fast Fox is. He's going to get ioned. <laughs> Some might say in the butthole. I don't, I don't know, though. In the anus? Yeah. Yeah. In that foxy anus. <laughs> <laughs> all right well fox is gonna have to rely on his ultimate here that of course is his signature r-wing the the jet fighter plane he pilot pilots in all of the fox game or the, the star fox games and so this gives him verticality speed firepower you name it it's a jet yeah, so a jet. you know he's gonna have to the big daddy's a big target and uh the r-wing will take him out mm. i got a question for you nick have you seen the show Invincible? Mm -hmm. You have? Okay. Well, luckily for Big Daddy, he's got his drill. You know that scene where Omni-Man holds Mark in the subway? Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. subway yeah. just goes through him? <laughs> well, he's doing the same thing with his drill. While that plane flies right at him, he pulls that drill out, <laughs> boom, just saws it right in half. Okay. Fox gets mushed. Okay, so a game of chicken, whether which is stronger, the R-wing or the drill? doesn't matter what's stronger. That, that, that drill, it just cuts right through. <laughs> cuts right through. I do have a feeling if a plane crashed into a Big Daddy, the Big Daddy would somehow get up from that. Yeah, it'd be some weird, <laughs> it'd be some weird uh, video game thing. But also, who's not to say Fox flies a tiny plane? He's a fox. He's not a human. True. It could be a plane that's like this big. True. That's true. True sense of scale, but you know, foxes, frogs. It's, it's I don't know what the other animals in Star Fox are. I've never played them, but <laughs> it's weird in Smash Brothers because they're all kind of the same height. So he is yeah. kind of the same height as Solid Snake and you know the Fire Emblem human characters. Yeah, but uh, okay, cool. Well, there you go again. All right. So if you remember, we already chose in our lost episode. I know. I didn't know. Do you want to choose again, or do you want to just? No, I say we just stick with it. And all right. I don't remember what they are. I didn't write them down. <laughs> you tell me. All right. For match one, John will have. Cal Kestis in his corner. Cool. I'm playing Jedi Survivor right now. Yeah, so perfect timing. Nice. And he is going to go against Shovel Knight, who took down the Mario, the Nintendo mascot, the, the Mario. The Mario. 
So, so uh, Cal Kestis has you know, shovel versus lightsaber. That, that's an interesting fight. <laughs> eight, the question as old as time, yeah. what would win? A, a shovel versus a lightsaber. <laughs> and then in our second battle, we are going to have Spyro the Dragon right. facing off against Clive Rossfield, who has some experience with dragons. So that'll be also an and interesting Spyro, battle. I have Spyro, right? You have Spyro, yes. Okay. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. The power of friendship won. We can figure something out. Yeah. (laughs) So good luck. All right. So that's it. That's it. We got it. Video. Hopefully this one doesn't get lost. (laughs) I'm going to be real upset. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll do a lot of preventive measures on this one so it makes it out. All right. But uh, that's that's it. You know, what do do we got to tease? You know, mine's obvious. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That'll be... That'll be the talk of the internet. I will have played so many hours of it. Uh, I'm sorry. You got, is is Courtney around? Yeah. Okay. She I, knows, know, she I know. You got the next four days off of she work. She understands. And, and uh, yeah, that's one you you prep you prep her for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm so. covering for you. Look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of the the big thing here, and more hell divers, of course, as mm-hmm. it seems like more and more people want to play. And if you're listening and you want to play with us, you know, write in. We'll. We'll work you oh, in. I would love, yeah, I would love that. Jesse, Mark, you know, just Jesse, Anyone Mark, listening? you guys always get the shout outs, but uh, yeah, anybody listening, that'd be, yeah. that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Can, so, so let us know. And what do you, what do you, what do you got over here, John? What do you got to tease? You, you said Tears of the Kingdom is done. You started yeah. Jedi Survivor, which I'm, which I'm shocked. Yeah. So I, I was honestly toying around with the idea of bringing the wheel back, but you know, that has bit us in the ass one too many times. So I was trying to figure out what's the next game I play, you know, Tears of the Kingdom's <laughs> done. I got the portal. A game out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, so why not a game out of nowhere? <laughs> no, uh, Will let me, he was gracious enough to let me borrow Jedi Survivor. So we always have that extra little bit of like, you know, eating away like, hey, you should play that and get it back to him. Right. So figured now's a good time to jump in that. And I'm only about an hour in, but it's it's a ton of fun so far. So I'm going to try to keep going there. Um, I'm definitely excited to hear your thoughts because, again, it didn't make my top three of Game of the Year nominees last year, but it was definitely four. Well, what I'm, what I'm already realizing is as I'm, and maybe I'm just not remembering Fallen Order as much, but I, I just the moment-to-moment gameplay feels a lot better in this one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really digging that. Like, I don't, you know, admittedly, I've said on the show, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. So, like, right. the narrative, I'm not, like, really, I'm going to absorb it, but I'm not, like, right. ready to see what the next thing is. But if the gameplay is fun enough, I'm excited to try that pistol weapon that you that you loved yeah. uh, and go through there. But, yeah, so I was trying to find the next game. It was either going to be like that or jump back into Hogwarts Legacy, maybe figure that out, um, or or just wait for Rebirth as well. But, um, you know, just want to want to want to get through that play and playing it on the portal. It's a good little portal game. Okay. And uh, Baltaro is another game that I can't oh, get out of my yes. dumb head. You know, one, that's, of the, one of the best reviewed games of the year is in this little indie darling. Yeah, poker game. Again, I boy, it seems like 2024 is a gray year for video games. I don't know where John was thinking it yeah, wasn't going to yeah. be. but I don't know where the uh, Tears of the Kingdom or the Baldur's Gate 3 is at yet, but <laughs> maybe we'll get there. Sure. Maybe sure. we'll get there. But no, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a 92 on Open Critic right now. It's basically a poker roguelike that employs a lot of crazy Joker antics. And I'm a sucker for those kind of loops. So and it's out now. And it seems like the perfect portal game. So you know, if I'm feeling spicy, I might pick that up. But okay. but uh honestly like when I'm not wanting to play just Star Wars, right now at least, I want to play Helldivers. So Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I think we're gonna be in kind of a kind of that that lull um, for the next few months and then, you know, 
May will be more news. Yeah, more April, I'm definitely. I think I'm. I've made up the mind. I want to get Stellar Blade day one, unless if it reviews poorly. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe talk about that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And when's the last time you got a game day one? Spider Man's. Spider Man. Um, Spider Man's. Yeah. When's the last time you got a game? Well, I guess. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, Last of Us remastered technically. Sure. Sure. Ten bucks. That doesn't count. <laughs> Did you get Infinite Wealth day one? No. Uh-oh. All right. So all right, Mister. When's your last day one purchase? <laughs> Spider. Is it Spider Man? <laughs> I bet it is, you little fuck. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it was Last of Us Part Two remastered, but no, we just disqualified that. Okay, well, I didn't, I didn't do the upgrade. I bought the game That's again, fair. so That's fair. So, uh, all right. So yeah. So, yeah. No. So I, Rebirth will it's technically been, it's be been it. a minute. I mean, and who knows, man? There's a entire possibility that in three days I text you and go, "Hey, look at it, I got Rebirth." <laughs> so we'll see or i just wait and well, be patient if you, and wait if you, you sell your switch i mean that's trying if mr gamestop man won't be a little, <laughs> a little baby about it all right well that's it what is the what is the song john where, where are we going all right so in honor of our newly welcomed uh xbox brethren hi-fi rush from uh Hell yeah. licensed song from the game but the game has a lot of licensed tracks and this one hits well it comes from the in the first boss battle but the song is one million by nine inch nails uh just you know for those who don't know hi-fi rush beats to a rhythm throughout the whole game and so you're fighting in a rhythm and it's, <laughs> it's great it's good stuff so uh welcome to the playstation family hi-fi rush yeah yeah i'm, I'm very 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 excited to play it so yeah. So that's a great song. So, yeah, that is it. That's five things. And, you know, <laughs> you can if you want to. Um, yeah, again, we're, we'll, this should be on YouTube. So if you want to actually visually watch us talk about... We'll be on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we'll be on video games. <laughs> talk about video games, then go ahead and check us out there. But, of course, you know, if you're listening, we, we, we thank you for listening. And, of course, you know, we will be ne- back next week with up to six things. So bye for now. Bye. Bye.